Welcome to the Winners Find a Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello, welcome to the Winners Mind Today Show. I am your host, Trent Clark, serial entrepreneur, international speaker, and longtime coach in professional baseball coaching in three World Series. I am with my dear friend, Jill Capella. Say hello, Jill. Hello, Trent. Hello Jill. out there. Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. Good, Looking good. great and excited. Jill is the CEO of Orthopedic. And neurological rehabilitation, or O and R. She has served the senior community for nearly 35 years of therapeutic care. It is an amazing company based in Austin, Texas, but certainly a national brand. And so super excited about having Jill with us today. For you that are joining us for the first time, have you ever faced stiff adversity, felt like the losses are mounting, and you need to find a better way? I think you came to the right place, whether you are already an entrepreneur coach, business owner, or just on your path looking to become elite, this is where you want to be to hear from the best. I interview one percenters talking about their journey on the way to being the 1%. So Jill is no different. Jill, let's talk about you. Before we start, Jill, where do people find you? Are you on LinkedIn and all that good stuff? I am. I'm everywhere but Twitter. Okay, good. So at, at Jill Capella or at O&R, or how can we find you? O&R com. Perfect. Yes. And uh, you can find Jill Capella on LinkedIn. You see her name there. And if you need to reach out to her, she is wonderful. All right. So Jill, a couple of things about you, a little background. You've owned and operated this business since your twenties. It's amazing. You were based out of Northern California to start, but you're a little rock girl, right? You know, growing up, hanging around the Clintons, I'm sure. And, you know, a little a UALR wearing that, you know, badge of graduation proudly, right? And a master's out in D.C. in your speech language pathologist. And yes. then marry a Navy pilot. Head off to California, the Sunshine State. And love in Cali and decide, hey, listen, I'm going to start this business. Now, I want people to understand this about Joe Capella, right? Like, She's running a 130 million ish annual revenue stream through there. And this is, she's never had a business class, right? Like, not once. You're like, oh, I can't run a business. I don't have an MBA. Guess what? Like, I don't know if it's required, Jill. Do you believe that to be true? That a business class is required to be successful? Yes. No, absolutely not. I don't think I'd be sitting here today. Because that is the honest truth. I yeah. never in my life, undergraduate studies, have taken a business class. 
It's amazing. Yet, yet highly regarded as one of the strongest women in business in Texas, nationally, has a strong reputation as a business owner and obviously very well known, obviously, in the healthcare circle. So real quickly, before we dive all into it, Joe, what's one thing most people don't know about you? When I was young, I could not pronounce my R's. Which no one would ever suspect that today. See, the problem at the time, though, that my dad's boss's name was Roy. That, you know, I would write it down. Dad, come to the phone. It's, you know, I still have a little bit of a hard time. I have to think about Roy. So. Yeah, you're pretty young. Obviously, you're in school age now, right? And, you know, speeches, language class, raise your hand, ask a question, all those things terrifying, embarrassing. Tell me about those moments. Oh, it was humiliating. It was humiliating to me individually, but also as a person and as a member of a group or members of, you know, my friendship crew. Yeah. They did not find any problem at any moment, at any second in haranguing me over not being able to say my R's. Right. It's yeah. relentless, right? Yes. And it's nice that you can say that very easily now. Relentless, right? And so <laughs> what did you do? Well, my folks sent me to speech therapy and to help me say my R's. So I got busy on starting my engine. Yeah. So I would go to my closet times a day, little bit closet, would shut the door and I would just practice over and over again. Do you think like looking back like your parents like, where's Jill at? Where's she at? Like I can't, I, she's not out playing. She's not in her room. Like, do you think they ever wondered like, you, you said that. I think they, they knew. I think they knew. Okay. Uh, you know, I think they knew. I They were probably proud of me and probably open eyed that they had a realization how much it did affect me. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, as a parent, it's kind of cute, right? Like little kids, you, you know, battle with a letter and they got their own little pronunciation of things. And everyone goes, oh, that, that's kind of, you know, the other adults like, oh, that's kind of cute. The other kids are relentlessly teasing people, <laughs> like going, what are you doing? Like, you don't talk like we talk, right? Right, right. Yeah, it is a, man, I got to tell you, like, it's when I look back at how just challenging growing up as as kids and how tough kids are on each other, which by the way, like no one's immune. Everyone's got a thing. And you'd think that we would figure out like, man, I don't want someone to tease me about my, this, whatever your thing is. Right. Like me, I was a short guy, right? I'm not very tall. So I was always the shortest kid in my class. Like, and I don't want to be teased about being short. So I was the last guy to go, Oh, Jill, you can't say your art. Like, listen, I, I knew what it felt like. I don't want to make you feel like that, right? Like, because I felt it daily. The playground was relentless. So the fighting started, right? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You went to the closet. I just went to the fisticuffs, you know, like, whichever, (laughs) right? Like, So probably most things, you know, things we don't know about people. So let's talk about you for a minute. You know, when you're this 12-year-old girl, Little Rock, Arkansas, bouncing around and you're and your beautiful sunny weather down there. And did you know, like, hey, listen, this is what I want. I, I want to be a business owner. I want to be like, you know, thousand employees. You know, like, did you see yourself in this seat at that young age? Is like, this is what I'm going for. You know, I don't recall 
that it wasn't like lightning struck me that I wanted to be more and do more probably until graduating from high school when all my friends went, became Razorbacks, went to mm. University of Arkansas. Yeah. And I made a decision to go to a small private school in a very small town and had anticipated that I would go into the law area, would be an attorney. Okay. Yeah. So there was some separation thought at that time. Speech pathology was not included in that contemplation at that time. So this but is just focused on the law. What changes that? The law? No. What changes that view, that path of the private, religious, small town? I am focused on being a lawyer, whether I go be a judge, public defendant, you know, whatever I want to do in the law, that is kind of your key focus. And then things change because you didn't graduate from there. You graduated from UALR, right? Right. So what changed? My dad lost his job. Yeah. So now it's like, uh, that's expensive tuition, room and board. Winners find a way. I, I, I can't graduate from school under these terms. So things have got to change. I've got to adapt. Quickly. Quickly. Right. So that's exactly what you should do. You go home and stay at home, no more dorm, no more apartment with the girls. It's, it's stay at home, commuter school, put your head down, get the degree. One day I was sitting in the cafeteria or the student union yeah. at the time. And I, my vision just caught a bulletin board and the bulletin board had a application for a scholar that was going to one person at UALR. I thought, oh my gosh, there's no way. So I went ahead and applied for it. I never told my folks because I did not want to get full hope in this yeah. situation, but I got it. Mm. I got that graduation or the scholarship. So my last year of school was paid for at UALR. What do you think that blessing at that time meant to your family? I think, first of all, relief, I'm sure. Yeah. But they were proud of me. Yeah. I think they have always been proud of the drive that they have seen. And, yeah. But in a situation like that, I, as most folks are, are not given a choice. Yeah. This was like, yeah, I appreciate that. Like, this isn't like, I'd like to have that. That would be a nice to have. This is like, need to. Like, there's no, this isn't wants anymore. This is, if not this, then not anything. Pretty much that way. Was there an influential moment for you as a kid that like you really discovered this drive and like, hey, this is like that really kind of set you on like, I am a driven person. I want to have more. I want to do more. Was there something impactful, you know, as a kid that you really felt in that? Well, I knew I did not want to stay in Little Rock, Arkansas. Not that there's anything wrong with Little Rock. Yeah. But I never dreamt of moving to California, but there has always been, Trent, this drive that's undescribable, that of wanting to be more and mm -hmm. to do more and the fight within me to make it happen. Yeah. Been there all my life. So let's equate that, you know, it's a fire, right? I mean, it's a fire that burns and the pilot light never goes out. So I think this is one thing that people don't always understand about people that achieve, right? Like, you, I mean, you were pretty quick 
to $10 million. Like, I mean, it didn't take, you know, you were spanning fast on the West Coast. You were a longtime staple in the California therapy community before you expanded, right? And so, you know, hey, $10 million, you're a mother of kids. You've got a husband. you got a thriving business. Like, hey, Jill, why don't you just settle in and just be okay? You know, why, why do you need to go to $130 million, right? Like, but that drive, you've got to stoke that fire. Is that right? Every day, every second of every day, you know, the journey has always been the special part. Yeah. How to get there the quickest. And with O&R, when I started O&R, then I saw a ton of companies out there that were special in their own way but not necessarily something that could satisfy complacency in terms of working in those environments. And the last 35 years of having O&R and taking care of our senior aging folks has not been an easy journey. The leadership skills that I have honed in order to keep O&R afloat and active and competitive and the best of the best in the long-term care profession have not come easy. It's a challenge every single day Mm -hmm. to be consistent with the culture and to be able to balance the regulatory and reimbursement changes that are so prevalent. Yeah. Well, and I think the other thing that I've learned from the healthcare world, just in my short time, as I've worked with Jill and her wonderful company, I've been blessed to have that chance. And like healthcare's razor, like razor thin margins. And it's almost like set up that way. Like no one should be out there like, oh, you've, you've got a healthcare company. We're making billions. You know, healthcare companies aren't reporting what the oil companies are reporting. Is that fair? That's very fair to say. You're a quick learner. Trent, yeah. So no, I'm not going to talk about the drug companies, but like, I'll just go. I'll leave that one for a minute. All right. So you're in this. Let's talk quickly and pivot to. I love the quote from the Four Disciplines of Execution, written by Chris McChesney and Sean Sean Covey, that says, "Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win." You just talked about like, hey, the strategy, the changes in regulation, compliance. It's a constant strategic it's like you must have just excelled at all the strategy games as a kid right (laughs) because you know like it's a constant moving deal talk to me about a time where you were up against it in that you had to pivot had to find a way to win and and walk me through maybe one of those scenarios well one situation that kind of stands out to me is i've always experienced folks wanting to acquire O&R. And this is a learning lesson to me back when I must have been 30 years old, had had the company for about five years. We had a big organization that asked us to come to Texas, where I am now. And we went, I said, okay, y'all, in order for me to come out to Texas to service your buildings, then I need at least three skilled nursing facilities anywhere but Houston. So 60 days later, we started one skilled nursing facility 
in Houston. So the irony of that continued, built the business. And this company came to me and said, Joe, we want to buy you. We're ready to go in house. We want to buy you. Yeah. And, you know, after the joy of someone wants to buy me. Yeah. And, I'm know, wanted. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to be 30, 31 years old and to have company that's a run rate of about, you know, 10 million a year was just flattering to yeah, me. But sure. it wasn't in the best interest of the company. And so they came to my office in Los Gatos, California. Yeah. Gorgeous, by the way. Gorgeous area. Yes. Beautiful. It was my mom's birthday. And I told them at that point that, you know, my folks weren't for sale, that the company did not choose at this point to, to divest. Yeah. And I tell you, Trent, it was about 12 minutes later, I received a cancellation for the entire state of Texas. Really? So if we're not going to buy you, we don't want anything to do with you. And just like that, all the hard work that had gone to all of Texas to build them up, get them going, strategic on their part, but their positioning, that's all they were doing. And then you got assets that have moved down there, you know, people that obviously are engaged there, all these things, and you got to undo it just like that. Overnight, 30-day cancellation. So I had to adjust and adjust quickly or lose my Texas operation. Yeah. And in that situation, I realized I did, you know, I've, I've learned so much throughout the years, but that was a pivotal moment in terms of do I fly or do I just let it go? Yeah. And because in situations such as, you know, in healthcare, then there's a lot of transactions going on, a lot of mergers. But on the other hand, there's a lot of activities that the customers have control over a $10 million size company and go directly to my therapist and take them. Yeah. So that's when the strategy starts. Yeah. That's whenever, you know, the rubber hits the road. And I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I hate that saying. <laughs> So here, I'll, I'll say one that I hate saying. I mean, your first indoctrination to really like hardball, like these hospitals, these big facilities, these big care, they are playing hardball. And now you've got big corporate America now because they consolidated, right? And so you've got big corporate America that bought in and they're going to run it like how they're going to run it and everybody else needs to get out of the way. So little Jill Capella and O&R can just be steamrolled with the rest of it. And you said, uh-uh, baby, not going to happen over here. Like, I'm going right to keep here. moving, right? It's not my time. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, listen, you go from, you know, I'm trying to understand the feelings, right, of that elation of I'm wanted. I'm, I'm a 30-year-old who's already created a $10 million top-line revenue stream. I employ a bunch of people. We do this great care, too. Well, Pull your britches up because we're yep. about to destroy the whole thing here in 30 days. And you're like, wait, I was feeling so good two days ago. right? Yes. And all of a sudden it's just 180, just like that. Let me just say this. It was not consistent with my vision. Yeah, right. Yes. So, you know, how many times, you know, when you, when you, you know, 35 years, right? How many times have you had that 48-hour emotional roller coaster in business? And by the way, 
for all of you out there, you can't replicate that in your MBA school. <laughs> so, you know, like these lessons, by the way, are the real world kick you in the teeth. You know, you may just have to have them redone. I don't know, because they're not exactly repairable. Those don't just, you can't rehab those back, right? So talk to me about how many times you think, if you just counted, how, you, uh, how you've been on that emotional roller coaster. Well, there's different levels. Okay. Good. Certainly. There's yeah. the daily trials, but... You know, ONR has existed with six different administrations. Yeah. Okay? Every and healthcare kind of has a business cycle, but I will tell you that you want to hear my favorite quote. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Give it to me. Okay. Ernest Hemingway, Grace Under Pressure. Yeah. So, because I mean, I think it's experiential growth that happens with winners is yeah. that you accept the fact that no is not really a part of the growing process yeah. in terms of leadership positions. Yeah. There's others out there that can say no. No, I think is the hardest word and the easiest word to say mm. depending upon the situation. But, you know, back to your question, Trent, in terms of the number of times, I would probably say between five and 10 mm. that I've really felt like, okay, this is, I have to do something. I have to readjust and I have to do it quickly. Yeah. P potentially yeah. terminal for this terminal. business. Absolutely. Yeah. Five I to mean, 10 times, five to 10. And listen, I think this is the struggle of why you see that like, whatever the statistic is, I can't remember what it is. I think it's like 22% of all companies make it five years, right? Like it's low, like it's not like a ton of companies, right? And because terminal is always around the corner, like it's, and, and I think the strike is like when you're going good, right? And it's like, yeah, hey, we're almost untouchable. We found our groove. I got the right team. I got the right, whack. And then all of a sudden here comes a grenade in, right? And you're like, I didn't even know we were at war. Like, I don't have a foxhole. Like, what are we doing? Like, how did this hit? Like, we don't see it coming. Let's, let's come back to this, like, great. I like this grace under pressure. You know, when you talk about these, it's daily, though, right? It's daily levels. Have you built a ranking system out? Like, you know, it's a level one. <laughs> level one day, you know, I've got someone who's supposed to be in Taos, New Mexico at a facility. And, you know, the director's MIA or something's happened or illness or you know, death in the family, and you've got a, a schedule that's just, how are we going to resolve the issue? You know, level one, level two, it can be resolved. You know it will be resolved within 24 hours. Do you have like level five, five alarmer, slide down the pole, get all the fire gear on because this one is going to be a blaze, right? Like, do you have that? Well, the first one situation, group of situations that you just expressed in my life, in the life of Bonar. All those would be a one. Right. I mean, it happens every day. Yeah. You know, um, a big operation, people. And things always happen at that level. Always. You know, I, oh boy, it's called the coffee book or a cocktail book at ONR, the situations that we've been in with people. People are interesting yes. you know, in terms of, of behaviors. Yeah. I would say, Back to your question, I would say a level five. I've experienced more level fives 
in the last 10 years than the 25 years preceding that. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Let's talk about why that is. Why do you believe that to be true? Because I, and we're going to talk about this a minute because one of Jill's superpowers is that, and everybody recognizes this in her, who, anyone who knows her, she has amazing gut instinct, right? Like she has uh, an ability to think on her feet, adapt quickly. It's uncanny. And uh, it's definitely a huge part of her success. You agree with that, right, Jill? I do. Okay. I'm going to argue it in a minute. You know that. Know you, but, are. Like, <laughs> you know that. <laughs> but like, we also think like you're more experienced. You got 25 years under your belt. You should see, well, and I'm not seeing, you and I both know we don't always, but on the outside, people would go, Hey, you should see these things coming at you. Now, these five alarmers, you should recognize these things. And now you're saying the height and, and the expediency of these larger issues that are attacking and threatening the life of this business. What do you attribute that to? Because logically that wouldn't make sense to people because we have more experience. We reduce the amount of that as a longevity, as a, as a succession. Is that fair? It's fair. Let me first of all say as to your comment, I'm not a fortune teller, right? I believe in gut instincts and I preach it. Yeah. I preach it through leadership. I, I preach it with all my senior level management and they'll, they just get tired of hearing it. You know, <laughs> I know, I know, no, 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 no. I know go with your gut Yeah. I, or when in doubt, don't. Okay. So, okay. I get that. I'll come back to that in a second. I, I'm going to answer that one. As soon as I say, let's go into the gut why, why is the last 10 years, why this uptick okay. of just stressors, are coming in at these different angles. Why do you believe? Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Thank you for listening to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast. Trent, together with the leaders who shared their learning and experiences through this show, are grateful for allowing them to help and support you on your journey to becoming your best. Write a review, rate us five stars, and share this episode to your network.